welcome to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. Hello Stu, how are you? Hi Lorraine, I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Well Stu, the reason that uh, I thought it would be a really good idea for us to have a Conveyancing Matters chat is because a really important point that actually you've mentioned quite a lot over the last few months is really unfortunately sort of come to pass and they, and, it, and you know I don't think we can pass up the chance to talk about it so in um in an, the 30th of November 2020 edition of the Mortgage Finance Gazette of all things which actually is for mortgage brokers obviously they have um come up with uh, you know a really terrible story but nonetheless one that you've been talking about for a long long time couple lose life savings as buyer's lender withdraws post-contract uh, and I know this is something that's sort of, you know, a, 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 an issue of big concern to you, Stu. So let me just mention for the benefit of probably most people that haven't read this article yet. Broadly speaking, what's reported as having happened is, as I say, this couple um, had exchanged contracts. They were in a chain, a situation that all conveyancers will recognise. Um, and of course, what has happened is exchange of contracts has taken place, but on their related, their buyers on their sale, their buyer's mortgage offer was withdrawn by Santander. So their mortgage offer was fine, but they'd already exchanged their buyer's mortgage offer was um, withdrawn. They were kind of moving up. So of course, um, they the, their buyer of course forfeited their deposit but that still left these clients these individuals um uh, 33,000 pounds down um because they were owed a further 33k on their related um and the chain collapsed as a result which is sort of terrible i mean and these poor couple are quoted as saying you know well that's our seven years savings we've got no money we've got an eight month old baby um, and of course, Stu, you know, we'll have a look at a few more of the facts in a minute, but this is the very, very thing that you talk about almost week in, week out, isn't it, mate? Yeah, it's, it's a massive concern of mine. I think it probably stems from one of the very first completions I did when I was sort of 18, so sort of about five years ago. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. Maybe, uh, less. maybe less, maybe yeah. two years ago. Exactly, about five, five, six years ago when I was 18, you know, all excited, one of my very first completions. And in between the exchange and completion, uh, I, I had a mortgage offer pulled and a client of mine. And that did mean that they were unable to complete. So I was aware of this issue from, from you know, for a long, long, long time. Yeah, from the get-go, isn't it? I think the funny thing is about, well, not funny, I mean, the odd thing is about these things, too, that I think as practitioners, sometimes, you know, you have to have experienced it. And it's often things quite early in your career, actually, if you've experienced it and you know the awfulness of it, yeah. it's something that never leaves you. And a lots yeah. of, dare I say, and I really don't want to sound patronising, but I think as somebody who's like officially old this week, um, a lot of perhaps our younger colleagues watching this won't necessarily have experienced, you know, the withdrawal of an offer between exchange and completion. Um, because we always just expect once matters yeah. have exchanged for them to go ahead. Um, you know, and, and, and of course, one of the things we were talking about before we press record is, again, the COVID situation in general means that the prospect of mortgage offers being withdrawn is that much greater because, unfortunately, of job insecurity, you know, furlough still carrying on. Lenders have said they're now going to take furlough into account uh, when looking at people's 
ability to you know affordability and of course the point you make about change of circumstances Stu. that's right so, so so let's get it straight you know when we exchange contracts you are exchanging between the buyer and the seller it's a contractual obligation between a buyer and a seller only the mortgage party are not party to that contract mm. so the mortgage company aren't bound to give you the money on any certain day you know the, the conditions within the mortgage offer that contractual arrangement between a buyer and their mortgage company only becomes live when as a lawyer you use that money and you complete on that purchase so that that contract takes effect on the day of completion not when you've exchanged contracts so as we've just sort of you know as we sort of discussed before with, with the, the COVID situation etc you know somebody's circumstances are more likely to change at the moment than ever before mm. you know when you apply for that mortgage offer the bank take into account your circumstances at that time yeah if your circumstances then later change so does you know potentially the mortgage uh, or you know your ability to to borrow that level of money from the mortgage company and, and that's the danger and well one actually and that's and one of the things i've sort of pointed out um on courses and things before and certainly in recent months due is that that obligation to disclose a material change in circumstances to a lender once you've got an offer it's an obligation of course that's on the borrower but of course it's also on the conveyancer so yeah. if the conveyancer finds out that their buyer client circumstances have changed the conveyancer is obliged to disclose that to the lender yeah. um, you know or or of course because of our duty of confidentiality if the buyer says i don't want you to disclose that to the lender then all we can do is withdraw and send the mortgage offer back but of course one of the things i've thought about and suggested to conveyancers because again this is just such a recurring theme with us if and when a load of transactions you know go end up you know next year and the lenders are looking around for someone to blame if they make a loss there is absolutely no doubt they're going to come after the conveyances. Oh. Some lenders have departments whose only raison d'etre yep. is to look at files and come after conveyances. Yep. But of course, I was wondering whether as conveyances, we would want to be saying to our clients, probably just before exchange, you know, have your circumstances changed? Is there anything about your circumstances, whether actual or known, you know, are you a part of a redundancy consultation? You know, is your, you know, is your company one of the unfortunate, tragic many that aren't going to make it through this COVID situation? Yeah. Should we be saying to our buyers, have your circumstances changed and therefore considering telling the lenders? Would you think about doing that? Without doubt. I think you need to expressly sort of commit to this subject on three separate occasions. First of all, terms and conditions. Um, yeah. We will inform our clients within the terms and conditions of exactly what we're talking about now and the fact that you know, the bank will become effectively a client of ours. You know, we're going to act on behalf of the bank as well as you. Uh, and there's always a, you know, a, probably a separate, uh, separate subject for another day. Could be sort of separate representation. You know, is, there, is there almost uh, an underlying conflict when you act on behalf of the bank and the client, you know, potentially? But, you know, for us, we always make this crystal clear in our terms and conditions. Um, I think most law firms, if not all law firms, will now have a, a mortgage report that will go to the client when the offer arrives. So obviously, you know, it, it needs to be detailed in there. And I think anybody that's not read their own mortgage reports for a while, yeah. you know, give it a once over and you'd be surprised sometimes how much detail's in there. And, you know, it's not, not just designed to 
to a point to the client, but also to cover our backs. And and quite rightly, as you've as you've just said, just before you exchange contracts, you know, it's a red flag, isn't it? So we need to advise the clients, you know, what they're about to enter into when they commit to the contract and the potential risk. And of course, this now in this climate is a risk. Yeah, and I think also, I mean, you're right, Stuart, will be, I think, and I sometimes think the converse, you've said firms would be surprised at what's in their report. I think there's probably plenty of people looking at this today who, you know, will rush back to their report and realise this stuff isn't in there. But I do wonder, and again, something that concerns me, and it's kind of harks back to sort of the leasehold stuff, you know, when the SRA did a review on, on um, particularly first-time buyers' attitude to leases, and loads of first-time buyers said, oh, I uh, didn't know anything about it, didn't know what a lease was. Well, I can guarantee the vast majority of those people will have got a report from their conveyancer, but they either won't have read it or won't have understood it. And I, I think the same about a mortgage report, because there's going to be yep. a whole lot of people out there who said, well, I didn't know my conveyancer said my mortgage offer could be withdrawn. So I wonder, again, even if this stuff is in your mortgage report, um, given that heightened possibility of that mortgage offer being withdrawn in our current climate, whether firms should be actually, as you say, repeating it, but bringing that point sort of almost to the top of the pile. Don't put it on yep. page three of your report, put it at the top in big letters. And yep. maybe, and I know some, a lot of firms will do this now, Stu, and it's all, it's all admin, admin, admin. I mean, it's a bull's ache, but whether you actually, because it's so important, get your client to sign and return or acknowledge that they've had it, have a click button for them to sort of say they've read it. You know, I know if you've got, um, you know, a fantastic case management system on your app, there's a sort of read receipt thing if you've got that sort of thing. And that's fantastic if you have, but some evidence that the firm has got that the yep. advice has been given, it's been, I suggest, prominently given and that the client has read it because we will be in the firing line again and also that evidence on the file thing i do seriously think that firms as we've said to you if firms are saying to their buyers just before exchange you know are you still employed are you aware of redundancy is there anything about your circumstances yeah. change? i think we need that recorded on our file so that if, if the lender comes knocking we've got the evidence again that we asked yeah. Um, you and know, I think also, I you know, it's, it's, it's telling the client that, you know, if your circumstances change, um, you know, you also need to report that to the bank. And it doesn't have to actually be, you know, I know we're sort of going slightly off an attention here, but it doesn't have to be sort of COVID specific either. No. Uh, again, when I sort of first started, one of my first completions um, were where a client, a couple's um, mortgage offer was pulled. It was because they'd committed to buying tons of furniture on sort of buy now, pay later deals, uh, lots of stuff on the credit cards. Of course, the credit rating of the client then changed. That was a material change deemed by the lender. So the lender pulled the mortgage offer. Yeah, and that was probably in a time when the lenders weren't nearly as cautious as they are now. But nearly as cautious, anyway, near, not even, not even probably one tenth. Yeah. Um, so it does, you know, there is that massive risk out there. And I suppose, you know, clients can get overly excited, can't they? You've just exchanged contracts. You're going to move in in a couple of weeks. Let's go and buy a load of furniture. But you've got to be very, very careful. Also, well, what I find really interesting about this article, and forgive me while I cast through it, but, um, and I absolutely mean no disrespect to the person that's written this article. It's written from the perspective of mortgage brokers. But I think it's interesting because it demonstrates quite a, quite a disconnect between, um, you know, the, the brokers, the clients and the conveyancers really, because firstly, and I'll pick out a few comments for you, Stu, because firstly, they've described this issue of the mortgage offer being pulled as an alarming new pitfall in the house buying process. 
they also have said um da, 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 um where is uh, blah, blah, blah. well interestingly apparently th these people who lost their money whose buyers had their mortgage offer pulled by santander well they tried to contact santander well that to me just no disrespect to anybody for trying and i probably would try yep. but it, it just it indicates a complete misunderstanding because what, why are santander going to discuss their mortgage offer with with you know with somebody else yep. i mean the fact yep. is they're not um, but what I find really interesting um, is that um, they say here, and I'm quoting, it has been widely assumed by mortgage brokers and home buyers alike that a mortgage deal in place at exchange cannot be withdrawn before completion. It appears in practice that this is not the case. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> That's not the case. Yeah, it's, um, ne it's never been the case either. It's never, ever been. And the mortgage companies party to that contract never ever so it, it is a big worry you know um i don't mean to be disrespectful to anybody that's written the article but you know this is sort of plain obvious stuff um and you know again as lawyers we're the ones there to break the bad news to point out you know the pitfalls of, of what you're doing and so on and so forth and there does seem to be sort of this theory that you know you've got the mortgage offer everything's okay but it's certainly not at that stage no, and well, we'll then, then go on to say, a sort of a, it's a scales falling from the ice thing. This means that for a period of between one and two weeks, all buyers in the chain are entirely at the mercy of every lender involved. Correct. Any one of whom might theoretically pull out. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly. the point. That's and this is half the stuff that we bang on about. And, and this is what's sometimes frustrating when, um, you know, we have this obligation as lawyers to the bank to report things and so on and so forth. We get it in the neck. We're being told that we're sometimes, you know, delaying a transaction. We're not. You know, we're reporting the circumstances so that when we do exchange, we've given the bank all the information that they might require. You know, if, if we didn't report something and that was to come up after exchange, the, the bank will pull that mortgage offer. That's why we report things like gifted deposits. You know, like, for example, if there's an allowance or a difference on the, on, you know, difference yeah. between the purchase price and the contract price. We report these things all before we exchange contracts for this very reason, to stop the bank withdrawing. And at least if there was a problem, it's before exchange of contracts and before the client's committed. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, a lot of people forget that we have this duty to report. It's not because we want to make everybody's chain difficult. But I'm just really interested in this. The bank's our client. That's what people exactly. forget. You know, we are instructed by the bank to act on their behalf. Yeah, um, so, no, this is, I, I'm just surprised, um, you know, uh, at the tone of this article, because they are sort of, it's, it's genuine sort of bafflement. But what I also think is quite um, important for, for conveyances out there to realise is that uh, they quote, um, research earlier this year by Butterfield Mortgages suggested that as many three, as three in 10 buyers whose chains had collapsed had ended up losing their deposits as mortgage offers were withdrawn post-contract. And that's a very, um, uh, you know, um, sobering statistic. And I think, you know, again, just to remind conveyances that, um, you know, they've got to be bringing this risk to the attention of their buyers before exchange. And of course, the, well, the point we made when when we were chatting still the point you made about but the risk has always been there you know the risk has always been i'll tell you another massive 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 area of risk for other lawyers out there as well and that's new build 
where you may be exchanging contracts on notice with a completion date which could be you know six months away even a year away and the importance of long stop dates to try and um, you know finalize some kind of time frame those sort of things on new build are really really important because obviously a client circumstances within six months or a year even where they've already exchanged you know you could almost say you know will change are likely to change so um, a real real flashing red light would be new build um, transactions and, and making sure that the clients particularly know we actually have that um, documented as a separate report on new builds yeah definitely I mean that's you know probably a topic for for another conveyance it matters to because there are well frankly so many risks that you almost wonder why anybody takes them but um, but I do think what's interesting is and I and, and I think I can safely say this isn't going to happen because um, there's a suggestion that um, these poor buyers you know their only hope currently is that the government may eventually offer compensation for people in this predicament no no the government is not going to be stepping in and uh you know offering compensation for people whose contracts fail to proceed for whatever reason uh, there might be you know the, the the cladding crisis probably every reason to do something but the government is not going to step into essentially a private contract and as if, yeah, and as you've said, this this has been you know this has always been the case. This is not something new. This is unfortunately only being highlighted because of somebody's recent loss. Um, this has been something that every buyer goes through, and and in the office of every law firm every day, there are thousands of buyers that exchange contracts and enter into this kind of arrangement where there is this kind of risk. And it, as you said quite rightly, and the article points out, it might not be you as the buyer. You could be in a chain. And you could have five, six buyers in a chain. And of course, each one then carries that risk and will affect the chain accordingly. Yeah. And I also think what's interesting, of course, is that um, <coughs> what these buyers, of course, would have the right to do is obviously to claim their loss from their buyers. Yep. Um, but there's that age old litigators sort of adage, isn't there? You know, if people ain't got the money, they ain't worth suing. So there oh, is. A yeah, you can't get blood out of a stone, Ryan, can you? No, absolutely not. I mean, so, there, you know, the, 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 the contractual and legal and sort of litigation um, framework is there to enable these buyers to try to recover that lost deposit on their related. Um, but of course, as you know, if their buyers haven't got the money, then they haven't got the money. So, so difficult. How far do you go with this? Because if you've got a chain of say five, six of you, you know, you're reliant on the, the, the money situation of that first time buyer. They've saved enough money to get their deposit that the moment they haven't got to pay their stamp duty, if for whatever reason, you know, their mortgage failed, would they be able to substantiate the claim of a chain? With that many people in i suggest not no. um and of course you may well find that you've got a contractual obligation with somebody further up where you know they're contracting on the sale and they're contracting on the purchase so they have their liability but they may not be able to reclaim that liability for want of a word from yeah. below that's the difficulty isn't it it absolutely is but as you quite rightly said and probably the point because we, we only thought this would take us 10 minutes to talk about this but you know maybe that's the point to conclude here because you know the risk is there but crucially as you quite rightly said, Stu, the risk has always been there. Um, I absolutely applaud the fact that, that you know, um, publications um, highlight these risks. Um, and, I, you know, I think it's a, a really, really useful reminder, particularly now. But actually, you know, the reality is that it's a risk that's there for everybody in a conveyancing chain every day of the week. Yeah. 
definitely. No, 100%. Oh, well, I'm really pleased we've had the chance to talk about this to you, not least, as I say, because it's been something you've mentioned on more than one occasion. Um, and I really, really hope that perhaps conveyances are inspired, even in the midst of a pandemic, to go and look at their reports and make sure this stuff is in there, but also think about how do I make that advice more prominent? Because I do think that's really important. I think that's definitely the thing to take from this video today is, you know, not just checking that, you know, this information is contained within your reports, but at the moment, due to the current sort of climate is, is you know, make this more prevalent or, or a separate report. And also just before we exchange contracts. So you've got the client's ultimate attention. Um, so they're listening you know, to what you're saying be because of this enhanced risk. Excellent. OK, Stu. Well, thanks for that, lovely. I will no doubt see you very soon. No worries. Take Bye. care. Thanks a lot. No worries. Take care. Bye.